Locked and Loaded Choking Hazard Podcast, sponsored by, well, we can't, we're, there's one sponsor that we're working on that we can't uh, officially announce yet, but that'll be uh, a big one coming soon. But we're officially sponsored by these guys right here, Project XGuard. Uh, it's a non-profit in, in the ETA run by Raul Chavez from Gringo BJJ, who is uh, helping out some at-risk at-risk youth with the uh, the love and power of jujitsu. So um, give it, give these guys uh, check them out on Instagram. And I believe we're uh, we're giving away some merch. Is that correct, Aaron? Well, we just had our first giveaway, so that's already done and over with for everybody. But definitely, we'll be doing more giveaways as we have more products and merchandise available. So definitely, down in the future, we will. We're also sponsored by CanadianProtein.com. If you're looking for your gains and you want to, uh, you know, weigh more than 145 pounds like Aaron, you need to go on CanadianProtein.com. Use promo code CHOKE. Get yourself 10% off. You get to help out the Choking Hazard podcast. We're also sponsored by Guinness, apparently. Would you no, like to- no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Today we are drinking Grey Matter out in uh, King Carden. So how, how, uh, and uh, how, much, how much are they paying us for this podcast? They're nothing, nothing at all. Then fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. They don't get an ad read. <laughs> CanadianProtein.com, promo code choke. Get yourself 10% off as Aaron uh, is, is highly professional drinking a beer right now. Hey, they don't see me. They only see me when I'm talking, right? <laughs> they only see you when you're talking. So it works out. So we're good. <laughs> Covering up your alcoholism. No, no, no. It's not alcoholism. It's just have a drink every once in a while and it's okay. Right, I, it, it, that's the whole point. You stay fit. You're able to do a bunch of different things, and you're able to have a beer once in a while, and you don't have to worry about the recurring damages after. I don't even remember the last beer I've had, honestly. Uh, I think the last time I saw you have a drink, I think was oh, you know what, uh, Christmas last year at uh, Jason's. I think that might have or been it. It, or or Ameri- was it American Thanksgiving? Is that what he did? It was something, and I think that might have been the last time I may have had yeah. a beer. I don't, think I've had, I don't think I don't think I've had a beer. I may have had like a sip or two. Like actually finished a beer, like was probably like over a year ago. Oh yeah, no, I've uh, we uh, well actually I just well as I was telling you the last before, time I just, you fit, last time you finished a beer was an hour ago. Oh sorry, I, no, I, no, I interrupted. No, I shouldn't have done that. I've, I've no got way. We um, I I started drinking gin. So I've been trying out gin lately. So that's my new thing. But you so, your Snoop Dogg all of a sudden? <laughs> no, I've always wanted to try uh, Ryan Reynolds Aviation Gin. And then I ended up getting a bottle from my um Hold on a second. Yes. Now, are they a sponsor of the podcast? No, they're not. Then fuck them. They're not, getting, they're not getting a plug. <laughs> Pay me. It's good gin. Pay me. <laughs> so... Anyways, I enjoyed it very much. So I thought that was a good one. Um, so I'm trying to expand my palate, as they say, in different realms. Of gin and... Of gin, beer, all sorts of stuff. So, but that's it. So, Michael, did uh, I, I know there's a couple of things we wanted to talk about today. Uh, we wanted to talk about the fight that happened over the weekend. We wanted to kind of deep dive into, obviously, the fitness industry a little bit because of, obviously with uh, shutdowns and obviously Quebec is, uh, I don't know if you saw the article, they were planning, they're expanding 
the uh, shutdown for another four weeks in Quebec. And now apparently like 200 gyms are uh, protesting and they're going to open up on tw- October 28th, 9th anyways. So I'm curious to see where that kind of goes, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Obviously um, I wanted to get your take on uh, the John Jones versus Khabib for uh, pound for pound um, debate because John Jones went on a Twitter rant yesterday. First, it started very professionally, and then it went a little off the rails. So I kind of want to get your uh, perspective on that. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of jump all over the place. But uh, did you watch the fight on the weekend? I did watch the fight. Um, Khabib looked very, very dominant once the the match hit the ground. Well, we I think we've established MMA is a fight. Jiu-Jitsu is uh, where we're pajama wrestling. It's not really considered a fight. I think we've established that already, but um, yeah, uh, once, once could be, you know, secured a takedown, it was, he was very clinical on the ground. It was takedown side smash, side smash to mount, mount to S mount to triangle to Gaethje tapping and the ref not stopping the fight and then him going unconscious. No, I, I, I thought it was really a good, strategy i think when you looked at it for sure like khabib was not gonna he was determined not to lose that fight i think just the way if you looked at his he looked nervous at the first little bit and but you could just see him walking gaethje down right off the top and it was like they felt each other out for the first like two minutes and then it was put jake gaethje on his heels and don't let him establish any sort of range and just go after him he just walked him down after like the first two minutes until he eventually got a hold of him in the second round, dragged him to the ground, and then well, it was it was all downhill from there. I think Khabib's ground game is downright amazing at especially at lightweight. There's nobody that can really stop him from taking him down and just asserting dominance. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that transitions, especially like him timing the second leg kick that happened, going for that single leg. And just turning the corner on him and then just obviously Gaethje kind of like kind of not panic, but I guess he just lost his footing. And then Khabib was just able to take his back, no problem, transition right into mount or to S mount. And he was just he had that arm locked up right behind the armpit, just where they pinch it in, especially on that far arm. And I was like, because again, he could have sat back on that, you know, that arm and armpit um, arm bar and S mount and just snapped it in half right there if he wanted to. But I think that transition into that triangle was really smooth because then you go, okay, you're locking it up for sure. You're not going to lose that position. And then it was just that tighten it up it underneath really hook in. And uh, I think he saw the tap too, but he's like, I'm not letting go until the ref says no. Pulls you, right? pulls you so, off. That's a, that's one of his. I think that's one of his more popular finishes. Is like if he gets the mount, he will actually look for the triangle. From what I've seen in mm-hmm. er, earlier matches, like pre UFC, that is like something that he does look for. So I wasn't too surprised that he went for like a triangle from that transition. Like, but once he had like that arm set, he threw the leg over, isolated the arm, and it was uh, it was all downhill from there. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty good. I, I really I was glad I was able to see it. Um, you know, seeing a guy like that, obviously from what he went through with his father passing away, I think he's making the right just as long as he's happy with his decision and he's going to walk away from the sport. I think you can walk away and say, "Hey, it's unblemished. I feel good about it." And 
go from there, right? I know he's not getting the GSP fight that he wanted. No, but I think if he, if he, yeah. is it a fight that really needs to happen right now? Like, I know it's probably an unpopular opinion, but like, I know GSP's had a lot of fights. Like, I think he should stay retired. I think if Khabib wants to retire and he's just like, you know what, I have, I have nothing to prove, then, you know, like, I think. There's a lot more people in MMA, I think, that need to know sometimes when to walk away, when sometimes they walk away too late. Um, I, I don't know. I don't like. I've never fought MMA, so I can't ever say like. Unlike you, like who, who, who you know, you, you knew when to walk away, and you had your your one and zero. You went out <laughs> on top in the lifetime pool. Yeah, no, I didn't want undefeated. undefeated, you know, I, I figured not, uh, not ruin that unblemished record, right? But uh, no, and I think that's a good point, right? Like guys need, especially like as they're learning more and more nowadays, especially about head trauma and all the other stuff and, you know, how much life, again, he's got so many opportunities available to him, right? Where um, I was listening to an um, interview from GSP and um, he was saying, he's like, right now, like, guy's on top of the world he's got all these opportunities and doors are going to open for him because he's undefeated like whether it's a movie deal sponsorship deals whatever he's at the top of the world right and he has so many different ways he could go about his next step in his life it's amazing right whereas if you know he sticks around and he loses or he starts to get in a losing streak and now he's he leaves too late you know what I mean? And so like all those opportunities might close. So now he could go open up a school and like who wouldn't want to join a Khabib school right now, right? If he wanted to, he could have a amazing sponsorship. He could work for the UFC. Like there's so many different opportunities now that have opened up just walking out on top. Yeah, he can he can pretty much do what he wants at this point, honestly. Like um, I, I don't think I don't even think he needs to open a school. Like he has I yeah, think he, I think he has a lot of money stashed away. So I think he's set. He can basically do what he wants. And, you know, he, he, you know, he's walking away at the top of the sport. Most people don't do that. Most people, I think they stay too late and they, they take a lot of damage and they're not the same after like they, they stay a couple, they, I think the more you fight in MMA, like the less upside there is almost. So, like, the more damage you can potentially take that's irreversible. Um, so, you got to know, like, sometimes, like, when to – it's like in Vegas. You got to know when to when you're ahead. You got to quit when you're ahead versus um, staying too long and losing too much – losing back the, the – what you gained in the sport. Yeah. And I think uh, Gaethje said it perfectly. He's like, you know what? I got put to sleep. I didn't get knocked out. So, there's no damage right now. I can, I can get back in there in a couple of weeks. No problem. It'll be fine. Whereas if he were to get knocked out, then he's going to be out for at least three months on concussion protocols and God knows what else. Right. So, and you, you, you chip away at that time clock, as, as I say, the punch card, there's one extra punch in it that's gone. So got put out, but he's okay. So I think that's a good thing. And I think like Gaethje even said, he's like, I got five more wars in me. Right. And he didn't really consider that a war. So that's, that's good. So. So I think he's, he, he even knows like his shelf life as well, which is smart. I think there's only, there's so much, there's only so many times you can get punched in the head. So I think you have oh. to know when to, when to pat, but I think that's, that's also a big issue. It's some people 
they need to keep fighting because I don't know if they, they need the money or they just they don't know when to, to, to walk away from it. And there's there's a lot of cases of people that just, you know, they're like the, the post MMA world is not as good to them as like, let's say, like GSP, who, who one came back, won the middleweight title and then retired and then retired. I think he had some health issues as well, but then and then decided to retire again. And I like, I've also heard like a lot of people that train with him. Like he's had a lot of, he's been in a lot of wars as well. And like, once again, head trauma, memory problems. Like, is that, is that something that, is it worth for him to come back for, you know, one more fight, one more payday to potentially, you know, make, make matters worse? Or do you, or do you stay or you go, you know what? I'm good. This is, I've, I don't need to fight Khabib. I don't need to fight anybody else. I don't need to add to my legacy. Cause I, he's another person, you know, he hasn't, there's nothing to, nothing to prove for him. I, Khabib doesn't really have anything to prove at 155 right now. Like he's number one with a bullet. Now is he number one pound for pound all time? I think that's the next debate. Uh, I may have an unpopular opinion on this. I don't think he's number one all time in my opinion, if you take all the, so the pound for pound rankings, the way I see them, you take the skills of everybody and put them into like some dude's body and everybody weighs the same and who, who wins that fight. Um, who, who would you have number one pound for pound all time right now? Like currently like with active fighters, when you say active or like all time. I think you can say like that gonna, we can do like two debates. So we can do that one, like kind of like the pound for pound, like skill one. And then we okay. can do like accomplishments. Cause I think right. accomplishment wise, like Khabib's accomplished a lot, but also there's people who have accomplished a lot more. They've won, you know, titles in two different weight classes. Sure. And things like that. Okay. So I look at in like two parts. Okay. So like, we'll talk about like accomplishments, right. And let's just say active and non-active individuals. I, I, this is me personally, I think when you look at a guy like GSP, right, where the guy has this, how many title defenses, like 12 to 13 title defenses that I think he did at 170 pounds, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. He had a bunch of decisions and then he walked away from the sport, came back, won the middleweight championship, and then retired, Right. And every loss that he has on his record, he's avenged, right? So his loss to Matt Hughes and his loss to Matt Sarah, he completely different fighter each t- second time he had to fight them and beat them again, right? So if you look at like a, a guy for a pound for pound ranking, I think especially for achieving two um, titles and obviously like kind of leaving that i think that's an individual you look at it like a skill and say that could be like a greatest of all time achievement right um obviously with khabib 29 and 0 is remarkable right but like also he got 13 wins in the octagon and three title defenses right that's the only thing i would say a knock against khabib is because he doesn't have a lot of title defenses at lightweight Whereas some of these other guys have these like multiple title defenses or they won that. Yeah. Somebody like GSP won the title, like at like 24, 25. And then it was basically yeah, ending it for years versus it took Khabib a while to get to a title fight position because also at the same time, 
he wasn't like the first couple fights that he had in the UFC. He wasn't really that well known. He was just kind of a no guy exactly. who would take you down, beat you up, and then he was a guy that like a lot of like hardcore fans knew. He's like, okay, this guy's like you know he's got a good background. Like he could be like a legitimate contender down the road. And he was just low key, just beating guys. He was just beating guys up. And he, I think also like you have to look at dominance as well. Like how many rounds has Khabib lost at 155 in his entire career? That you well, can and, and and that's the thing. He's only lost like two rounds, right, out of his entire career. He hasn't lost a lot of rounds at all, right? Whereas GSP is debatable because there's a lot of rounds that he might have lost doing X, right? Anderson Silva was the GOAT for the longest time, right? But then look at him. He stuck around too long and he started to fall off. The next debate would be obviously a guy like John Jones, right? John Jones is amazingly skilled. Right. He's had the title for he's never lost the title. He's but but I look at like his outside antics where he's been stripped of the title. He's never actually lost it, but he's had stripped of the title. The issue the issue with that sorry, I don't want I don't I'm interrupting again. No, 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 it's it's fine. Seven hundredth and sixty-seventh time that we've done this podcast. Yeah. But it's just like with him, like I have a big problem declaring him the, the pound for pound the goat with all his bullshit right like that that's and again that's, like that's a- the issue <laughs> so yeah you have to look at it two ways now do you separate all the shenanigans that john jones has gotten himself into over the years do you take that out of the equation now if you're just looking at what he's done inside the octagon you can this is probably an unpopular opinion right now but yeah he i think I think he's may have accomplished more in Khabib overall, you know, send your, send your hate mail to uh, Embryer's fit on Instagram, but uh, how many titled, like how many title defenses has he had? He's had 13. How many losses has he had? He's had one, no contest. And that, that like, like 10 years ago to like Matt Hamill. But other than that, like he's had, he's had now with that said, now there's been a lot of fights he's had over the years. Like the first time he's had with Gustafson, that was really close. Uh, one recently with Dominic Hayes, that was really close as well. So he's had some, he's won some decisions in there, but guess what? Like he's, you know, he's won the title. He's defended it like 13 times. So now like what, what's no, the 50, 15, 15 times, 15 times. Sorry. Yeah. It's 50, so it's 15, 15 title defenses. Right. And so like, that's why he was going on a rant yesterday on Twitter. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, and I'm like, bro, I, I, I'm not debating the numbers with you. I'm debating, like, the, the aspects of a champion, right? Like, like that, that's the thing, right? Like, who are you outside of the cage? Because you have to be that. Well, now we're getting inside. into the whole, the whole martial artist thing. Of it. No, uh, not even the martial artist thing, right? Like, I, or I, character, I, like, 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 I'll be honest, like, yeah, John Jones does some very questionable things. He's... <laughs> he's made some very questionable decisions in his past. He's done some pretty messed up shit. But with that said, what he's done inside the octagon, I think it's like all time great stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not going to sit on here and defend his character. No, please. I think he's fucking scumbag, honestly, but what he's done inside is what I'm trying to, I'm trying to separate the two. But if we're just looking at what he's done inside the cage versus what Khabib has done inside, I think 
John Jones has been around longer in like the top spot position and has had more title fights and has won more title fights. I think Khabib would have cemented it if he didn't retire because like he's still fairly young. He still has. He still has yeah, he easily could like you see you're seeing people fight into their late thirties. He can easily fight another five years at least, and he hasn't really taken a lot of damage. Like he's I don't think he's, he hasn't really been hurt ever maybe once ever like where he's actually been like you know you know hit and cracked in a fight out of 29 fights that's pretty impressive for you, you've been in 25 professional fights and you haven't really been hit that's extremely impressive yeah. with that with that said I, I think if you're looking at a, you have to if you're just looking at inside what they've done uh john's been on john jones has been on top longer now if you're looking at you know, character outside the cage, you're factoring that in, then like it's, it's no question. Yeah. And again, again, you have to separate the two. It, it depends on, and that's where the argument is. I think that's where people are having the biggest problem where they're trying to separate the individuals. And it's also, I think they're looking at like, okay, how has he controlled the division for X amount of time, right? Where if you look at, John, again, John Jones' last two fights, right? They're kind of like squeaking by, right? Like five round decisions, you know, the last one with Dominic, yeah, it's kind of questionable, right? They, they say all oh, the judges gifted him that one, right? Whereas Khabib has been three finishes, right? In his last three title fights. Again, so top tier competition again, as well. He's Connor, submitted Destin, all, yeah, submitted all three of them, right? And again, so like, yeah, I mean, but again, John Jones was doing that when he was younger too, and he was lighting the division on fire. But it's like it was hard; it was easier for these guys, back, like five, ten years ago, to get that title shot and then stay on top than it is. There's so many more fighters nowadays, and again, especially in a COVID world, like how are they going to be spacing fights out and all that kind of jazz and getting these guys enough fights to get ranked properly and all that kind of stuff. So. It's, it's interesting because they have a little bit of a harder road nowadays, I think, now than they did before. Just on our ranking yeah. system, I right? Think also, not I saying think, like the, the competition. Competition itself is different, right? That's a whole other topic. But I think you also brought. Mix, I think you also brought up something as well. Is I think the depth of talent, I would say, has gone up a lot at like smaller weight classes because there's not not a lot of yeah. people are walking around like you know six four two hundred and 20, 25 pounds and cutting the light heavyweight versus a lot of people are, you know, you know, 5'10, 180 doing MMA and they're cutting to 155. So yeah. there's a lot more, I think there's a lot more the talent pool at lightweight is a lot deeper, I think right now at least. Because like look at all the the fighters at like 155, Gaethje, McGregor, Poirier, Khabib until he retired, and then you know, Ferguson, like you just keep going, like just rattling off names, like left and right. Like Anthony Pettis was good for, a, was really good for a while. <laughs> and like, yeah. like, so like there's, t- there's, there's tons of talent at 155 and like to show like Khabib, like his last three fights has basically finished the who's who in 155 town division and then gone out on top is extremely impressive. Is he yeah. a number number one all time great? It's hard to debate, and we haven't even brought up GSP either. They're like, oh, exactly. We haven't right? even talked about him, like too much either. Like, I would say, like that. That's another person I think I could easily be number one pound for pound all time either, because like he's somebody who's 
he didn't lose a lot of rounds either. Like he's lost, he's lost fights, but he's also, as you said, he's, he's avenged them. And then on top of that, he's, he's been in the times that, yeah, he's won a, a, yeah, he may have won a five round decision here and there, but like, those are dominant shutout wins that he's done. Exactly. So especially for now you look at, let's just take like the 155 division now. Right. Cause I think that's probably like one of the most exciting divisions right now. Um, who do you think's kind of the next person? Do you think it's like Gaethje? Do you think Ferguson makes a comeback? Do you think it's more of a uh, Conor McGregor makes a comeback or him and Dustin are set up to fight or, that or somebody be, new? Well, that could be a title fight now. You never know. Yeah. So that, exactly. could be a, that could be a title fight and then Gaethje can have another fight and then he can be facing the winner of that. So, so let me ask you this, right? Because obviously like I understand there's – the the business side so like dana white will go okay we're gonna make this fight and do x and okay this fights for the title but when you got a guy like so three guys who basically all lost to khabib right yeah. and so say if you're gonna make the dustin and conor mcgregor okay that's the new lightweight championship title fight like I don't know how you can like honestly say that's the title fight. This is for the title. I think you almost have to do like you do Gaethje versus Ferguson again, and then Dustin and Connor, and have those two fight, and then that's your little mini tournament. Like that's you my know, opinion, but the, I don't. Know. The UFC doesn't really do tournaments. They'll just be like they'll look at the rankings. They're gonna look at who draws. Connor McGregor's a draw, whether you like him or not. He's. He's gonna he's gonna make the UFC money if he decides that he's taking that fight and he's it's gonna be a high drawing fight. It's a business. I think that's gonna be a t- the next title fight. It I'll is gonna be the next. I I think it will. And you know what? It, at the end of the day, it's a business. So like, you can do a tournament or you can do that. These are the two guys. These are the top two guys. And then like you know, Dana White will will hype it up and try to sell it and make some money. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's your next title fight. And then they'll have, okay, Gaethje or Ferguson rematch. And then, or one of them will say, okay, I want to go. Well, no, could, sorry, they got Chandler in there now. So yep. Ferguson and Michael, Michael Chandler. Chandler from Bellator. So that would be an interesting add to the mix as well. So he could, yeah. he could shake things up. So like he could be like in a, an elimination fight and then he could be like getting a number one contender title shot. Like it, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's the fight that's going to sell. Like you can have not necessarily the champion's going to fight the number one contender. They could be fighting the yeah. number five contender. If that's going to make more money, that's what's going to, that's what's going to sell. This is, this is pretty much WWE, except it's not worked <laughs> at yeah, this point. Exactly. It's, what are the, what are the fights? What are the matches that are going to make the most money? That's what it's going to come down to. I think Michael Chandler versus uh, Justin Gaethje would be fucking awesome. I think I'd be that could be the next that could be his next fight. <laughs> that could be a great fight. That would and be that, that could that could face the winner of Poirier and McGregor. And that would, yeah. could probably be a title fight. Yeah, or that'd be like, good. that's your your tournament or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So fitness industry. How screwed are we? What do you think? On a scale of one to ten, we're about a negative thirty-five right now. <laughs> If you if you own an F forty five, you're maybe about a minus seventy eight <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. You're you're pretty screwed. You're you're probably not open. Like so, 
I don't think a gym is going to be open. I'm going to make an official prediction. I don't think gyms are opening again until at least next year, at least. So when, th- when things close, there was, hey, we're going to close things down for 14 days. We're going to flatten the curve. That turned into about five months for gyms to open up again. And yeah. based on them closing for 28 days, they're going to be closed again for a few months. Now, when we're talking like fitness industry, we're talking like, you know, big box gyms. Yeah, we're talking big box. Good Life, that. LA Fitnesses, like places like that. Um, places that have their business model is based on having – a high amount of volume and selling gym memberships to people to go work out there. That model is not going to work in this environment because you can't have the same amount of traffic in a gym just based on the restrictions of what's going on. Yeah. I think, I think when you look at it, where it's that big box model is where revenue is based on a dues end. Like that's the big thing. And it's about conjugating people together that's what they're trying to avoid. And unfortunately, fitness facilities are just kind of wrapped in that whole bureaucracy of like, oh, well, this is the one that will do it. We need to get eliminate this. I think smaller boutique style clubs might have an opportunity to open up sooner than later. Yeah. But I don't know. It all it all depends based on because they'll be able to control flow customers membership base i think they're going to have a better relationship with those memberships as well to be like these are the rules this is what you're allowed to do that's it right whereas like we've said all the time where it's like martial arts studios or dance studios they can kind of create cohorts for example where it's like okay this group starts training on mondays from eight to nine and then group b comes in on tuesday group c comes in on this day and those are your cohorts and that way they can control the flow and they know exactly how to yeah. contact trace and all that kind of stuff. This is, I what think the, look at, this is what, sorry, this is what the OJ has been kind of doing where like they, they have a, Hey, like this is our plan. Like we're going to train in a pod or like you're going to train with these group of people and that's it. And you're only yeah. going to stick to this group of people. Um, essentially that's, that's, be, that's, or it's, if it's been rolled back in the stage two, maybe you have to do, you have to go back and do like solo drilling again or dummy drilling, which I know I understand sucks. from a, it sucks. sucks. <laughs> well, it's, let's just say it's it not is for what me. it is. It is what it is. I get, I get why you, you have to do it because I mean, like, am I going to drill with a dummy? No, this is why I have Aaron to beat up. For example, <laughs> whatever. I will <laughs> kick your ass on a Zoom, no problem. Just, we'll Zoom. do a Zoom match. Zoom we'll match. Zoom. <laughs> so yeah, how we'll, we'll do it? We'll do a Zoom match where it's like I go. It's like move for move. <laughs> okay, so let's let's do that right now then. So we slide in. How we do it? We bump. I got a cross collar grip. I arm drag. I collar cross collar drag you. You go face first into the ground. You're unconscious. Boom, but you're talking so like it's my go move 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 right like, well you gotta react it's just like it's just oh. like we're rolling you gotta react baby like you can't just you know sit back and be like oh well i'm gonna do this move and then you're gonna do that move no man yeah i, I just i just asserted dominance that's what happens you gotta pay you gotta pay attention you can't let me get that grip all right what we'll have to do is well yeah we gotta figure out how we, how we have a zoom jujitsu match i'm sure there's a way we can do it <laughs> I don't think there is, Aaron. I don't think there is. <laughs> but no, like, we'll I, it out. But, 
but like back to like the, the fitness industry um because me and you have been in it for a while like i we i've i've worked in bigger facilities probably since like 2013 so i've seen the ins and outs of a lot of like I guess the big box gym industry that you can say for about like seven years now off and on and primarily the primarily if you're going to like a good life or an LA fitness or you know a gym that is big and is trying to attract a lot of people in essentially their business model is we're going to sell you a membership we're going to hope that you don't come so that way we can keep billing you and we're going to, we're going to make our money that way. And then of course, like if you're looking at it from like a sales standpoint, there's like a, an upsell. So it's like, there's like personal training. There's like group classes. Oh, it's your ancillaries and all that. Kind yeah. Of there's stuff, all right? your ancillary services that you have. Like, um, like you, if your gym is a pool, there could be like swimming lessons and you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole bunch of things that, uh, that things can, or there's varieties of activities that people can do. Um, Primarily now that that model doesn't work in this environment because while a, if there's a restriction saying you're only allowed 10 people in this building, unless you have uh, some sort of exemption that allows you to have 500 people in this building, like a Costco, that's, that's a whole other conversation in itself that like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you're allowed 10 people in your business, but you can go to Walmart and there's like 500 people shopping. I mean, I get it like the size of, you know, like Walmarts are usually big and such, but I think there's, there's other, there's other ways of doing that, but I think it's, I think it's a, a thing that we, a conversation that we, we've had a bunch of times on here already. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't want to go too far much further into it, but I think it's, it, it's the argument is obviously if people, if places have the space and all that kind of stuff and they're able, well, we have the space, we can do X, we can do that. And I think that's great. Right. I just, when it comes, and again, I think some businesses have been not unfairly treated is nobody's, they're not picking on businesses. I think it's just like, yeah, they'll feel like they're, they're picked on, but I think they have to look at it. They have to look at it at all the angles. Right. But the one thing I think is clear, they can't, some places refuse to control flow. Right. They're like, no, we want to have that open concept feel. We don't want to make people feel restricted. I don't think that's going to be able to survive. I don't think think that's going to fly in this environment at this point. Exactly. Like unless there's an actual viable rapid testing or if they're going to have a major treatment and government restrictions, we can't even have 10 people at home, let alone do other things. Right. Like, so like, until they figure that out and until businesses say, okay, we're okay. We can adapt to those models. They're not going to be able to open the way they want to. So, and that's the unfortunate thing. I'm not saying I'm for it or against it. That's just the reality. Plain and simple. That's pretty much it. Um, I think there's way, I think there's, I think a lot of people are more in general annoyed with, and I'll give you an example. So like, let's say if a, a gym or like a small boutique studio gets rolled back into stage two there. I think a lot of people are annoyed with the fact that like, let's say the, the gym industry itself, I have a 1000 square foot uh, facility that I just train one-on-one personal training clients out of. And I see the same, maybe 10 to 15 people, you know, Monday to Sunday, like throughout the week, I'm not the same facility as a good life for an LA fitness. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's the part of it. That's not fair. It's, you know, that one person who is, you know, putting their livelihood into, you know, running their business and there's, it's completely out of their control and there's nothing that 
they can do to stay open. But at the same time, like they're not the same facility as, you know, the, these bigger gyms. Like I, this may be a, an unpopular opinion right now. And I'm in the, the gym and fitness industry and I'm probably biased when I say this, but I think a lot of those bigger gyms, maybe they shouldn't be open right now, or they should at least, I know like there's certain places that have caps on how many people are going in and out. I don't think you can have, I don't think you should be able to have like open concept free for all like in a gym right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think, um, I don't know, it's a hot button topic, obviously, but uh, the whole idea of the mask, right? Where it's like, I, I, I think put, put it, reality. Put it, on, put it on or you're going to get microchipped by Bill Gates, Aaron, and you're going to kill I your grandma. I, no, like I, I think the mask is going to be a big thing. I, that's not like, like Glenn was saying last time we were on, right? Like that's not going away. That's going to no. be around for a couple of years. Right. And I think people need to get on board. And again, it's not, I hate to use the word compliance, but that's what it is. Right. You need to obey just, Aaron. You need to obey. I think it, 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 this is the issue. It's people, it, it comes down, it boils down to this. People don't like being told what to what do, to do or what to yeah, think or what to say or how to act in an environment. That is, that is why people are pushing back. Now, I think it's, I think overall, I think sometimes the message being, de being delivered is a little bit, well, like the overall message has the, has, you know, overall good intentions, but sometimes there's things that the way it, it's applied is sometimes a little yeah. silly. And I'll give you an example. When I think mask usage is good. Now, when you're telling me to wear a mask while engaging in adult activities with your significant other might be a little ridiculous. Hmm? What the fuck? <laughs> listen, listen to me, Aaron. If I'm going to lay pipe, I'm going to lay I've pipe. I've been doing okay. it wrong. <laughs> what? I should have been wearing this the whole time? Should've oh, been wearing a mask the whole time? Fuck. I was wearing it down there. What do you mean? <laughs> but like, like uh, when, when you get a message like that, it's... And people listen to that and they're like, why am I going to wear, why am I going to do this? This is stupid. Like, which, you know what? Like, I, I may agree with it. And when it's, it's sometimes it's not the rule itself. It's how it's applied. And yeah. sometimes that's what the, the overall message gets lost. So a lot of people will go, oh, well, they're telling us to, to do this while we're, uh, you know, engaging in adult activities. Like how, how, how stupid is this, eh? What's this about? Well, I think, I think it comes down to the message, right? It's all about the messenger and how it's delivered and all that kind of jazz. And if somebody delivers a nonsense, like, again, they sound like it. Not, sorry, excuse me. They, they, the message is kind of nonsense. They don't sound articulate enough to what that message should be people are just going to automatically fight back on it no matter what, right? Like if you have an articulated message that makes sense, somebody delivers that message very good with, again, like not everybody has to agree with it, but it, hey, it was delivered the right way with the right intent, with the right mood, things might be different, right? So I agree. It it's sometimes, sometimes it's not the message, it's how it's delivered. And I think sometimes there's been a very poor job of how that message has been delivered in certain situations. Mm -hmm. So, oh, well, but I, I, I think, 
I think the one thing we should always look at is like, okay, looking ahead, how do you get better? All that kind of jazz. I think, especially coming out of this whole thing, I think businesses will be smarter moving forward. I think you're going to look at like martial arts studios will become stronger down the road. I don't think it's going to be, again, it's going to take a while for things to come back, but there'll be new opportunities for newer businesses and opportunities. And unfortunately, because of either some places shutting down, that might've been a new opportunity for somebody else to open up a new club or something like that with a new concept. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing, right? It's how do you innovate from here? And I think yes. that's the yes. big thing where, people really need to start going and going, okay, like, Hey, I can't start up a club right now, but when I do, how am I going to innovate to be ahead of the curve to the next stage? Right. And not saying I am preparing for the next pandemic. How am I going to make my club or my program so well innovative and so well resourceful that I'm going to be the next, whatever gringo, or I'm going to be the next, Keenan, or I'm going to be the next Hensel Gracie's Academy. Like, how that's the thing I think where everybody needs to really kind of like put the thinking hats on right now. How do you make this this opportunity again? It's an opportunity. I don't look at it as like a negative. It's an opportunity for everybody to get innovative and figure yeah. it out. I think the big thing. Uh, another thing is, I see a lot. There's a lot of people like complaining on Facebook. They're like, "Oh, like their livelihoods getting taken from." And I, I understand because guess what? That's been happening to me this year. So I'm in the same boat. But join, 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 join the club, my friend. Join the club. So you can look at it like this. You can you can go on Facebook. You can rant and rave about like about the situation. Or my mindset's been. You know, how do I adapt to the, how do I adapt to the situation? What can I offer in the situation that can be a po positive influence going forward? Am I going to, do you, do you see me bitching and complaining on Facebook? I, I'm barely on Facebook as it is. Like I just use Facebook messenger for the most part to message you for like zoom links for, to getting on here. But like, for the most part, like it doesn't help to, you know, just vent on Facebook. You may, you may feel better and cathartic after, but what are you going to do down the line? Like, what do you, what are you going to plan? What do you, how are you going to, basically what you said, how are you going to innovate and make and adapt to the situation? Are you going to complain or are you going to adapt and change? No. And it's the perfect, uh, again, it's just saying that, right? Like you and I are kind of in the same boat where it's like, obviously our livelihoods have changed a little bit, but okay. We're kind of looking at, okay, what are the next steps and things like, so obviously this is something that was creative, right? Just during this pandemic is something we could do and innovate from there. But then what are the next steps for it, right? And again, we're not going to share that on this episode, but there's a lot of different things. Try, try to make one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 stuff's Big. coming, right? But it's, not about, it's not about making an actual revenue. It's about <laughs> how do you get more footprint. But um Again, there's going to be bigger things coming through this podcast or other podcasts or, again, down the road that we're going to develop and we're trying to figure stuff out. But, again, we're doing it day by day. And I think it's awesome where we have the time and availability. And we live in a good spot where we have the support from the government, unlike the U.S., where they got one check and that was it. They still hold don't on, have hold anything on. else. We, we forgot a sponsor right now. We, we're so oh, awesome. The, 
We're also sponsored by Justin Trudeau and CERB. Yes, exactly. So that would be another thing, right? So, but again, it's not like we're, again, we're, we're trying to make a positive message and trying to, and again, it's all about being positive and finding the next steps and really building off this and building off from everything else. That's it. Like, are you, are you going to complain about the situation or what do you get, what are you going to do to, to create a positive change in this environment? I think go, going forward, like, what do you think fitness industry wise, martial arts industry wise, what, um, what need, what's, what changes do you see going into like 2021, 2022 and beyond? I think, again, I, I, I I'd be, I'd be in a different payroll type situation if I knew all the answers, right? So I don't, I'm just speculating, right? Um, I think, especially when, this is my personal opinion, I do think the idea of a big box gym, like some places we know of, are not going to be as popular as they are, or they used to be. Right. I think that's going to be a spot that people are not comfortable going to. So like the idea of uh, a January 1st uh, New Year's resolution, that that idea is out the window. I don't think you're going to have that same type of crowd January 1st getting up and, okay, I'm going to go join my local good life or I'm going to go join my, you're always going to have your, your diehard people and your early adapters, uh, okay, they're, they're okay. They figured it out. They, they want to do X, right? Or your younger crowd or the guys that just want to hang out and go to the gym and do X, Y, Z. That'll always, those people will always be there, right? But your, your general population, the people who don't have motivation and need those things, they are not going to be those people, right? I think when you look at it, I think, the online options where – and, again, this is where even Peloton's kind of in an issue right now because if you wanted to order a Peloton bike, you're going to wait three, four months before you get one, right, because they're so behind. They never expected themselves to be so busy right now with the amount of bikes that they've been selling off, right, where I think you're going to see smaller boutique clubs figure out how to create an atmosphere where people are more comfortable – they're able to sanitize differently and they're able to create those little environments that'll strive. Right. And especially like those in-home personal training services might start to see a rise a little bit where people just don't want to leave their homes. They just, they need that motivation and they're going to figure out how to do it in their own homes or they're going to have somebody bring equipment to them and do it from there. Right. Yeah. I think that's going to be, you're going to go into these trends, right. You're going to do all these things and you're going to go up and down. But I think when you look at martial arts still, or like jujitsu, whether it be karate or Muay Thai or all these things, those things will, they'll have their, their lulls, right. So they'll, they'll have their dips, but I think those things will never really disappear because those are always individuals who are those, those, they need it. They need something more, right? That's why they join these programs to begin with, right? They're not that they're finding these different spots, not in a big box gym. These are boutique swing clubs, right? And they're going to create these cultures and these individual cohorts. And it's up to the studios to really get creative and adapt. And how do we, okay, may, okay, we can't have rolling right now or 
maybe later on the road we'll be able to do rolling and doing it cohorts or whatever right and just really sticking to their guns and like hey this is how we operate our business and we have to stay within that model to be successful i think you're going to see a big paradigm shift between what i think there's, there's always going to be a demand for fitness it's just oh, the yeah. way that'll the- never disappear the way the message is going to get delivered is going to be different. So like, you know, Peloton's innovating bikes, technology and all sorts of stuff. Like you mentioned them as like a company, they're going to be like probably the Apple of fitness down the road. Um, So like a company like that, but you're also going to see, I think online training or like virtual training is probably still going to be a trend even after this. Um, I think in-home training is going to be like, or just talking from a personal training standpoint, um, I think like in-home training or even like going to like people aren't going to be like, let's say going to like good life rally fitness necessary to look for a personal trainer. They may look at more smaller boutiques. So I think you're going to see a, a shift in a rotation more towards the smaller businesses, which I think is a good thing. I think in the long run, it'll give people an opportunity to kind of, you know, like to build almost their brand and not, you know, their brand within like a, a bigger like gym or facility. Yeah, I, I I just I just look at it like like remember the um, the days of you see like seventy five people jammed into a yoga studio and another seventy five people waiting outside that yoga studio and then them all crossing into each other like that those days are, no, those days happen. are done those days are done right now like you won't see those days until there's a viable vaccine or or this disappears after november 3rd (laughs) it's a conspiracy but yeah like i mean i'm again like anything i'm excited to see where the industry in general goes martial arts and like jiu-jitsu will never leave my life anyway so i'm not worried about that like it's it's gonna change obviously right now where it's been changed for since march right but I still think down the road, it'll be eventually, we'll be back to normal, but it's a, it's how do you look at it moving forward, right? Obviously, it's just, you're going to have to deal with it. And it's like under right now, it's being in a bad spot, right? That's it. It's just keep your head above water and bit by bit, you'll, you'll start swimming. <laughs> Don't get choked. That's it. That's all you can say. And speaking of choked, if you want to get some protein, log on to CanadianProtein.com, use promo code CHOKE, get yourself 10% off, put it, and get some gains during lockdown session round two. Hopefully you got some equipment. Yeah, well, I, I definitely got some equipment this time, so I'm not making you sure did, Aaron. <laughs> you sure did. Who knows? I didn't get anything. I have no idea. Did you go? Did you go shopping before uh, all the? I did. I, I I had some stuff from before too, and then I uh, did a little shopping. So as I, uh, I'm I'm doing pretty well. All right, that's excellent. <laughs> I also I also did some shopping as well. Very good, very good. Well, I think we'll, we'll leave it at that for today. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for joining us, but uh, we did have up on a lot of topics today. But I do look forward. We have a bunch of really good guests coming up that are lined up. So we're excited for the next couple of weeks. But we're still here and we're still rolling and we're not stopping anytime soon. We're still here, fam. 
Oh yeah. But we still have, um, I guess there's a lot of guests coming up and we got a lot of new announcements that we will uh, be posting on Instagram and uh, the website that's up and running now. And then we're going to start adding a lot more content, especially on there, a lot more media, a lot more uh, technique stuff, a lot more uh, training advice and articles. And I got, I'm doing some reaching out to a bunch of people. So uh, it's going to be exciting uh, next couple of weeks for sure. Beautiful. So we have a, a lot of, uh, we're doing a lot of work behind the scenes, maybe not necessarily, you know, pumping out three or four podcasts a week, but we're working a lot right now on the back end. By we, I mean Aaron. I'm kind of like uh, your, I'm Ben Affleck and you're Matt Damon, and I'm kind of like crashing on your couch smoking pot as you're writing Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it sometimes. <laughs> Well, yeah, put, I actually put, put, put my name on that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was talking to Kat on Cat, um, uh, who is Michael's uh, uh, wife, who's also our graphic designer, about uh, content that we are uh, oh, wow. creating. And she, uh, well, you use Canva. I'm like, well, hey, I'm the visionary, and you're the artist. So I, you tell that girl to get to work on. Uh, oh, wow, wow, stuff. you're a bit. Wow, you're a visionary. <laughs> what are you like? <laughs> Sounds like you're starting a cult. What are you, Jim Jones? No, not at all. Hey, I, you know what? The funny thing about Jim Jones, though, they were pushing out a lot of different things as far as, like, fitness-related. They had who, – who was that? over there? Fuck. What's his name? Jason McDonald. No, is it Jason McDonald? Maximus. Fuck. I don't know. Bobby don't Maximus. Know. Jason. Bobby yeah, Maximus. Jason McDonald. Yeah. yeah. Jason McDonald. Yeah. That yeah. guy was, was he was with Jim Jones for the longest time too. He's not with them anymore. He's doing his own thing now. But uh, I think he said it was a cult. So that is totally a very old content. But whatever. You, you do know the actual story of Jim Jones, right? No, I actually don't. What's okay. the story of Jim Jones? I'll give you the really Oh my god. Okay, so basically, Cole's notes started a cult. You know where the people you know saying drink the Kool Aid. So you got everybody yeah. to drink like this poison Kool-Aid. It was like a mass. Suicide. Oh, so it was an actual. So yes, it was an that. actual cult, you dingbat. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. I'll have, to, I'll have to send you the Wikipedia page. <laughs> is this a person or the gym? No, it's a person. Jim. Oh, send- there's a gym. Yes. We're talking the wrong person then. So yes. There was a gym. Like a gym, like J-Y-M. Jim Jones, yes. I'm aware of that yeah. as well. Bobby Maxim, yes. I'm aware yeah, of that too. That's what I'm talking about. These are two entirely different situations. I was trying to totally make a Totally two different people. I was trying to make a cult joke and you fucking ruined it. And I can see your cat's tail in the gra- background. Get that pussy out of here. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Well, all right, guys. Well, this is going off the rails. We're going off, off the, the 401. Rails. We're going off the 401 here. We should have brought our transponder for the 407. I think we're time to wrap this up. Aaron, give us the final word. All right, Michael, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on the show for Hazard Podcast. Uh, we'll catch you guys soon.